Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to Running Long, the podcast brought to you by Verse Run. I'm Francesco, your host. And today's podcast is dedicated to people who are new to the sport and want to approach trail running for their first time. So maybe you've been running on the roads for a while. Maybe you ran track and field during high school or middle school. Then you stopped running for a few years and now you want to restart. Maybe you're a hiker and you want to discover a new way of moving through the mountains. Or maybe you're just interested in starting trail running. Well, today's episode is for you. Today, I'm joined by Claire Martex, founder of Wild Ginger Running, to talk about how to start trail running. So just to give her, just to give Claire a brief introduction, um, Claire is a co-founder and former editor of Trail Running Magazine, UK's first magazine dedicated to trail running. Then she created Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel in 2017 to help trail and ultra runners get advice and inspiration regarding training, racing, gear, nutrition, and more. She has a website, Wild Ginger Running, where she shares all her content, articles, videos, and podcasts. She's also published a book, The Ultimate Trail Running Handbook, which we'll talk about. And she organizes training camps for runners of all levels in the peak districts in the UK. So please welcome Claire. Oh, you made me sound like really prolific and busy. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, did I used to do all that? <laughs> yeah, you do a lot of things. It's exciting. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Francesco. It's really great to be here. And um, welcome to everybody who is thinking of starting trail running. It's a fantastic, exciting, adventurous new time for you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, first of all, I, I'd like to start asking you, how are you? Uh, because I know um, you you've recently given birth to a child and you're you have you, you know you're coming back to running so I feel it's a good time for an interview with you 
to share with people some good information and tip about how to start or even restart trail running? Yeah, thank you for asking. Yes, I am fine. I'm just uh, Finley was one year old, one years old, two weeks ago. So yes, kind of recently that I gave birth. Um, recently compared to the rest of my life, I suppose. And um, yeah, it's been a rocky road back to running since he was born. Um, it took me a while to recover. Um, the pelvic floor took a while to recover. So uh, it took about four months before I was able to run again without well, not to put too fine a point on it, being myself, to be honest. So I know a lot of women will um, will understand what I mean. Um, and then after about four months, I was able to just build up again slowly. But then once he started nursery at nine months old, which was about October time, he just started to bring home cold after cold. And I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I'm still a bit croaky from this two week cold. On his birthday, he gave me a cold for two weeks weeks so it's really hard to be consistent with my training because I'll have a really good spell like you know a couple of weeks without a cold and I'll, I'll run I'll go to a running club I'll do a long study at the weekend and I'll have a great time I'll post those on Instagram test loads of gear out and then I'll be back to square one can't do any running for two weeks because I've got a stupid cold again so that's where I am right now and just recovering from a cold so I'm just debating I think I'll be able to go for a run this weekend but it's just so hard to be consistent with a kid and if you haven't got a cold then you you know there's other stuff going on like you haven't slept because they've kept you awake or they've woken up really early or there's just always either really tired or ill (laughs) so (laughs) it's it's not the best but um but yeah uh I'm sure it'll get better as he gets older (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks for sharing that uh we'll definitely talk a little more about it but uh let's start from the the beginning so the core of our topic is how to start running and uh, just help people discover this beautiful sport that is trail running and uh, hopefully share some good information and tips to to how to start trail running. So running, especially on trails, can feel maybe a little bit intimidating, like especially looking at how crazy some people are with uh, (laughs) races and such long distances and doing crazy efforts. But here, like, We want to make trail running accessible to everyone. And this is one of our main goals with VERT. Um, So like give some helpful information to approach trail running in a safe and sustainable way is uh, definitely one of our priorities. And um, for sure, I must remember that, uh, for for example, I'm a professional athlete now, but we all started somewhere and nobody's born running. So like, it's important to understand that uh, like we weren't born running and uh, you know, even with something simple, it's important to, to start somewhere. Um, So first I would like to ask you, what's your experience with running and what do you think has really helped you when you started running? Oh, that is a really great question. (laughs) That's such a great question because um, I actually said uh, at the start of my book, I said um, I used to be phobic of running. I used to hate running. Mm. I was forced to do running at school because I was, you know, I was a nice kid and I was quite sporty. I did hiking and, you know, 
I was, you know, I wasn't like really unfit or anything, but because I was nice, the teachers used to like make me do all the stuff that the other kids didn't want to do, like the <laughs> 800 meters, the 500 meters, all the really long stuff that was no one liked when you're that age. And so to me, running was this horrible thing that you had to kind of do once or twice a year and dread for the whole year. And it was either freezing cold or boiling hot around a track or in some park where once I jumped over a small river and put my hand in dog poo and everybody ran away from me and I used to go bright red because I'm ginger I'm very pale when I put an effort in I go bright red all the boys used to point at me and laugh and go oh Claire Max has gone red already and when you're 15 you kind of like you, you can't really deal with that as well as you would these days so I became absolutely phobic of running I hated it I used to get panics thinking oh my god I've got to run today and so when I went to university I I drank a bit too much beer and I I realized that I needed to do a bit more exercise so the quickest way to fit exercise into the day because I like to do like loads of stuff um was to go for a run so it was the, the quickest way to burn the most calories so I started running at uni for purely like aesthetic reasons and because I did a lot of hiking and mountain walking I I immediately like rather than running along the pavement which I did start to do I immediately just started to bob off into the woods or around the park or along canal towpaths and apparently that's called trail running so um I think I was naturally just drawn to the off-road side of things and, and naturally just eased myself into that um and then when um I started work on a magazine called Trail which is a hiking magazine here in the UK um and then I founded Trail Running magazine and I didn't do much running um at that point but I did used to try <laughs> I used to try doing these runs I started off doing the Lakeland Trails which are these amazing races in the Lake District and this was back in the day like 2010 and there wasn't the huge number of trail races that there is now and I used to go along to those and I'd do the nine or ten mile run um and it's really easy because I wasn't racing like I wasn't an elite athlete or anything but the course was all way marked and you were doing it with loads of other people it was really safe there was drinks and some snacks on the way around so you didn't have to carry much and it was just a really good introduction into trail running nice low level trails put on by a really good race company so that's where I started running and then trail running Um, and since then I've done loads of stuff and it's been really fun taking me all over the world so it's it's fantastic and I think the thing that helped me was realizing that running wasn't something that you need to always be really competitive about going really fast, trying to beat everybody or even yourself. You just need to go and explore and have a good time. And once I realized that and I could slow down and not go the pace that you go at school that you think running is actually running is like jogging. Really, I think they should probably call it trail jogging and that would be less daunting, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like, I mean, a lot of people have this like traumatic experience with running. Uh, 
for example, at school where when the teacher makes you run the 800 meters or the mile or whatever, and like yeah. as a kid you hate it, pleasant, and it? then they're shouting at you from yeah. the sideline, and you're wearing like completely inappropriate kit for the weather. Yeah, you, you've not you've not trained for these things. You've just turned up on sports day and been told to do that, and it's horrible. And you know people laugh at you if you're not good, and you you always like feel like all the adrenaline and you get that blood taste in your mouth if if it's cold um and you're running as hard as you can and you think like that's running and that that's not what running's all about like you can do that kind of running if you want but that isn't what trail running needs to be yeah it's not maybe it's not the first experience that uh, many people have with running uh so it, a lot of times it usually ends up to be a pretty tough uh or even bad experience so the the relationship with running for a lot of people is uh, doesn't start in the in the best way but here yeah. we're here to help people uh really develop a good relationship with running and exercising so what do you think uh, uh are the you know the things that really help when you start trail running what is the best training tips that you would give to someone who is getting started with trail running oh yeah so I think a lot of people they don't realize they're already trail runners for the first the the first thing so you might think oh this is a completely new thing it's probably not you've probably run around a park before you've probably run on a canal towpath before basically trail running is not necessarily in these huge mountains doing these epic things you know like you see like Salomon TV or Killian Jornet and Emily <laughs> Forsberg going off and doing these crazy things so it's not necessarily that you're probably already a trail runner but you don't know it like even if your park run goes a bit off-road anything that's not on like tarmac is trail running basically yeah. it bridges the gap between like fell running mountain running and road running so first of all you've probably already done a bit um and secondly um just start exploring I would so you know like if you are like driving somewhere and you see people walking their dogs and you might see a footpath sign and you might see dog walkers kind of heading into some fields or something like that just like one day when you're running along just like follow a dog walker or just take that footpath sign and just have a look in, in in the field and see what's there and the best thing you can do to explore without you know like necessarily having to get a map out or anything is that you can just run along and every so often turn around and take a photo of where you've come from um and then when you just run along following various footpath signs and then when you just when you get to you know 15 minutes or something like that just turn around and you can usually find your way back and if not just look at the photos for your reference so that's a really easy way to do it um the other great thing you could do is talk to other people. So if there's a yeah. local running club nearby, you could talk to them. Um, you can also look on Strava because they do that heat map thing on Strava. So you can see where other people have gone. Um, so you can see whether people are heading into fields um, and, and that kind of thing. And um, there's lots of running apps you can also use for that if you haven't got Strava. Um, you can also look at kind of vlogs and blogs like 
um, my channel, um, Wild Ginger Running, we do, um, I do the odd route. So you can have a look at where I've been. You could follow me on Strava and see where I go, but don't necessarily follow everything. Sometimes I go wrong and I accidentally go through like fields I shouldn't. <laughs> so just <laughs> definitely check. Um, and, um, and the other way to do it is to actually get a map out and I would really advise going going on a basic navigation course because that will open up a whole new range of routes. So uh, behind me, um, I've got a map on my wall of my local area and it's wallpaper that you can get. I got mine from Love Maps On. And it's really cool because I can plan new routes from, from my local area using this map. And you just look for the green dotted lines, which are footpaths, um, or pink dotted lines if it's a one to 50,000 map. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really easy. Once you know how maps work, it's very straightforward to find new trails. So that's another way of doing it. And oh, the other thing is to book a trail race as well. You don't know. I think um, if you were booking a road race, you'd be like, oh, my God, the training, the pacing, the watch, the everything the time if you book a trail race that's a really easy way to explore somewhere new like I was saying I did the Lakeland trails races there's so many waymarked trail races that you can do that will get you off the beaten track without you having to even plan a route or navigate so that's a really good way to start as well and you, you don't have to be good you can just jog about at the back <laughs> like like I do chatting to people um, yeah. so yeah um that would be that would be how I would get into trail running cool yeah, you touched uh, a lot of uh, interesting thing. And one thing that I want to highlight uh, is that you don't have to live in the mountains to mm-hmm. to do trail running or to call yourself a trail runner. Like, uh, yeah. for example, I don't live in the mountains, but uh, I consider myself a trail runner. There are people who live in a city and who, are, who don't have access to the trails, but with some creativity and uh, you, you can totally be a trail runner if you, even if you live in a city and you don't run on the trails every day. So this is a, this is a, I think it's, it's really important to, to highlight that uh, anybody can be a trail runner and uh, anybody can start from his own level, his or her own level. Um, yeah. It's totally okay, for example, to walk uh, and even to start with very little, like 15 minutes a day. Um, I think the one of the most useful things to approach uh, trail running or just training in general is uh, the importance of building a routine. So it's important to be consistent when you are approaching an activity like trail running uh, to do something a little, uh, doesn't have to be necessarily every day, but uh, you know, on a weekly basis, it, it can be two or three times per week. But just be gradual and be consistent because that's the most important thing to develop a a healthy relationship with the the physical exercise and also with your body. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've just thought of another really good tip for if you're a road runner. um, So you say like just do it like 15 minutes a day. If you Mm -hmm. usually do your road run, say you go for like half an hour um, on a Tuesday, you could run uh, for 15 minutes of that road run. You could take yourself to your local park and just practice not running on the tarmac path, but running on the grass. Um, or if you don't have a park nearby there's often grass verges on the side of your pavement so you could instead of always running on the tarmac you could practice the off-road um the diff- 
the different terrain underfoot by running on the grass or if there's gravel or stones just seek out other textures underfoot and practice that way um, and that way you can incorporate 5 10 15 minutes at a time into your road run um, and train for trails that way yeah totally true um how important it is to have good gear for trail running like for example um like to start trail running we just need a pair of shoes and i feel it's okay but once we start going a little longer and we start exploring maybe some new trails or places that we don't know or some more technical trails than just a, a city park uh do you feel like it's important to have good gear and gear that is designed specifically for trail running um yeah i think uh gear it shouldn't be a barrier but you can start trail running especially if it's dry in just a pair of road trainers i mean on dry trails around where i live i just use road trainers um but when it gets muddy yeah you'll want to get some specific trail running shoes which are they have really good grip so they're more of a like a not necessarily a football boot underneath you can get that level for the mountains but just a bit more grip with a bit more beefy than your normal trainer um and then once you really get into it i think the next thing that most trail runners want to buy um is uh, like the, probably both of these things at the same time actually there's a, a, a small running pack um and also um i've I've just going on holiday this weekend so i just packed my running pack i thought i could hold it up and show you um but so a little running pack so that you can put um snacks in because you might want to you know take a map take uh, some snacks and water Um, and then the other thing that you might want to put in there or wear is a waterproof jacket because um on trails you might be exploring um a, a little bit more uh like open areas where the wind might be buffeting you or um you might be out for longer in more epic situations like um you might be going to a local country park and running to the top of a big hill so you might want a waterproof jacket either to wear in bad weather or to carry in your pack just in case um so those are the first three things you'd need the shoes the the waterproof jacket and the little um the carrying um pack um and then a lot of people once they get into it they like to have a watch as well like they like to see the pace um not that it really matters what pace you're going but they they like uh, the distance and um it's some of them have navigation features on as well so you can sort of do a, like track back to the start or you can do turn by turn waypoint navigation and things like that so you can just download a route from the internet and just follow it I don't really do that I always just use a map um because I'm old school and I was taught to map read I think it's an important skill um so yeah I would recommend going on a navigation course just again <laughs> just to reiterate that but yeah gear wise those are the top things that I would take for sure yeah nice and uh let's talk a little bit about uh guidance um how important do you think is to have someone who helps you set realistic goals and uh, really um tailor your training to the type of uh athlete or person you are because like sometimes it's tempting to want to do a lot at once but i learned myself that this often shuts off motivation and makes me feel bad when i can't keep up So I think it's important to have someone who guides you to be able to set realistic goals that are yeah in a way challenging and motivating 
but at the same time achievable in a healthy way? Yeah, I think that it's that, yeah, one of the best gifts you can give yourself is a bit of coaching um, and guidance. So there's lots of different levels that you could take. I mean, you could book like one to one coaching. That's really expensive, but you'll presumably get like the most out of your body that you possibly can. Not everybody has that budget. Not everyone wants that. And not everybody has the time to invest in that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it's really good that something like Vert Run exists because it seems to be the, a good middle ground between having this like really expensive one-to-one coach or just taking a training plan out of a book. I mean, I've got training plans in my book, um, but they're just generic. I mean, I cannot write a training plan for everybody that reads this book. So they have to be generic. And like you you don't want you I mean that's good up to a point you can get a certain way with that and if you want to educate yourself on you know sports physiology and coaching and some people do want to do that then there's a lot you can do with a generic training plan you can tailor it to your needs but if you've got something like vert run where you can invest a little bit of money and get some one-to-one kind of remote coaching and you know alterations and tweaks to your training plan and loads of good videos and stuff I think that is like the perfect middle ground um and the perfect for perfect thing for somebody on a budget really and do you know what when you start training consistently with a plan from someone who actually knows what they're doing that is when you're gonna get the maximum from your body and the minimum chance of injury so yeah I would and also it makes you do stuff that you wouldn't normally do like strength and conditioning what mm-hmm. runner does strength and conditioning that coaches themselves hardly any I would say and all of the elite athletes I talk to I interview a lot of elite athletes all the time that when I ever ask them the question what is the one thing you wish you'd done more of or the one thing that you would say to everybody do more of they say strength and conditioning so that it, having a coach or something that's going to give you some guidance with your running is really important I would say yeah totally agree with that uh yeah you touched uh again very important topics uh one is the importance of strength and conditioning and also I think diversifying your training that like it doesn't have to be running all the time I think it's very important to incorporate cross training and other aerobic activities such as hiking or cycling or swimming or skiing, or just like, it can be literally any aerobic activity that is super helpful to diversifying the training. And then uh, of course, strength and conditioning, because like the goal when you start trail running or even for an experienced trail runner uh, is to build a good aerobic engine and then prepare the body uh, and make it stronger for the trails with uh, strength and uh, core exercises, for example. So what's your experience with cross training and what do you think is useful to consider for someone who is getting started, who is a beginner? Well, I'm really hoping that carrying a baby is good cross training. <laughs> 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 because I'm on one hip or the other hip and I'm trying to you know stir some eggs or make a flapjack and and he's helping me um so I'm hoping that carrying him and lifting him all the time is like good as a medicine ball he is like 10 kilograms or 11 kilograms now so it's probably really good um there's probably a lot more I could do with him you know like 
actually lifting him like simulating some actual exercises um but in all seriousness um the the exercises that I do most for cross training mm-hmm. with trail running um is just other stuff that I like so that that's the brilliant thing about exercise um find what you like and do it and that will make you do it more so I like to go mountain biking road biking done a bit of climbing in my time a bit of kayaking but mainly swimming I really like um open water swimming I love it it's free um apart from the 75 quid wetsuit that I had to buy myself because I'm a wuss in the winter um it but that's brilliant if you've got a local river or can get to any open water venue that's amazing um and other activities are hiking you know hiking is an amazing cross-training activity for running because it's basically running but slowed down isn't it and it's what you do when you get a bit tired or up hills so walking's incredible and then there is specific exercises that you can do like squats and lunges and press-ups and pull-ups and um you know weights and resistance training and that kind of thing and that can be super useful especially if you live in a bit of a flat place and you can't get to the hills that can be really useful but just in general doing stuff like um like plyometrics, jumping exercises and things like that, that can make you really, really strong. And it's not just training you for the actual act of running itself, which it will, but also it will help you recover faster and it will make you less prone to injuries. So just taking the time to do like just a few minutes a day, like 10 minutes a day or one half hour to an hour session a week, however you like to do it, um, that's fantastic like the one of the favorite things I like to do is like just tell yourself to do two squats every time you boil the kettle if you say two rather than 15 you will actually do it and then you might Mm -hmm. end up doing five so just little things like that like brush your teeth doing single leg squats or standing just standing on one leg on a rolled up towel for a bit of balance you don't have to buy loads of stuff you don't have to buy weights my favorite thing to tell people is that you can just load up your backpack with water bottles and put that on and do the squats and lunges like that you don't have to hold weights or just uh, exploit your body weight because that's what you need to do yeah or or just even exploit your body weight for example there is a lot of uh, simple easy core exercises that you can do that make it actually make you very strong for for the trails and uh, here at vert we have uh, for example good videos and uh with with the coaching that we offer, anyone can have access to our library or to the guidance of a coach uh, who can help you make the most of uh, your experience uh, on the trails. Yeah, nice. I've done a couple of the videos and they're super simple. And the great thing is that they're only like five minutes long, some of them. So mm-hmm. you just go, oh, because I've got a baby. I'm like, oh, I don't have time. But then I see one for five minutes. And I'm like, you have time. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I think it's also important to mention that it's way better to even dedicate just five or ten minutes and lace up your shoes or getting a short strength session rather than skipping a session. Like trail running, like many other endurance sports, it's all about consistency and you will really see the results of your training if you are consistent rather than maybe... Uh, just keep all the sessions during the week and do a lot uh, for example during the weekends yeah definitely little and often I definitely agree with that Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because also that makes you more prone to injuries and running is definitely a sport where when where it's easy to pick up an injury because uh with the impacts we have with the with the terrain um you know and maybe someone who is getting started and gets caught up running more miles uh week by week it's easy to actually get injured. So it's important to be very gradual. And as we mentioned, to incorporate cross training to make sure uh, we build a good aerobic engine and then uh, do good uh, conditioning and strength exercises to, to make the body stronger, to, to be able to, hand, to handle the, the trails, the up and downs, uh, also the, the tarmac, because the tarmac is actually... Um, probably worse for your muscles and joints uh, rather than the gravel, for example. Yeah, definitely. It's it's actually harder on your body to run on the tarmac. Mm-hmm. It takes more calories to run on the trails because you're using different muscles all the time, yeah. but at least you don't get all those repetitive strain injuries. Yeah, definitely. And uh, let's talk a little bit about walking because I mean, as trail runners, we know that walking is uh, is totally acceptable. Uh, power walking is an amazing cardio exercise, and even the best ultra runners in the world walk and power hike during races or in training up a hill. So, like maybe people as uh, people who come from the roads think that uh, it's not okay to walk, but it's actually one hundred percent okay. Um, so. Can you talk a little bit about um, like how to manage the effort between running and walking and uh, like, should we go by effort? Should we go by feel? Should we go with the heart rate? How do you do it? Yeah, that's a really good thing to mention because I think a lot of people see trail running and they go, they think running but actually trail running shouldn't be called trail running it should be called trail running slash jogging slash walking slash having a bit of a sit down and eating some food so <laughs> yeah it's just uh, <laughs> it's just all about scene. moving in the natural environment it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> have to be in the mountains as we as we said it can be anywhere but it's all about moving and find it find the the best way of moving through the natural landscape actually yeah so that is not trail moving walking uh sorry yeah, running <laughs> we've just rebranded the whole of trail running into trail moving so this is the ultimate trail moving handbook now <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh so when should you walk and when should you run so mm-hmm. Uh, you can use your watch and there'll be you know you can get a watch with heart rate on um but that's not necessary at all when you're a bit experienced at trail running um you well even when you're not actually um I would say start walking when you start to not be in control of your breath anymore so if you're gasping for air um you could not hold a conversation whatsoever you know like you couldn't even gasp a sentence out if you're at that level, that's working too hard, unless you're doing like a 5k or something, <laughs> like unless you're doing park run where you want to be, you know, you're doing, going for a fast time or something. But if you're wanting to do, you know, like 10 miles, nice and leisurely or 20 miles on the trails, if you're a bit more experienced, then you should just be kind of kind of jogging along. Um, and you want to be making a similar effort than you do that you do on the flat and the downhill than you do on the uphill so slow the cadence right down take short steps um try try not to look like 
all the way at the top of the hill, but give yourself kind of short goals, like, oh, I'll just jog to this tree. And then if you find your breath is uncontrollable, like, (laughs) like this, and you couldn't chat to a friend, then, or say anything to a friend, then that is the time to walk. And when I, when I say walk, if you're in a race situation, these the guys you know like on the utmb they do walk up the hills but they're not kind of just strolling along they've got their they they're running along and then they realize that they're getting out of breath so they're taking their poles out they're constructing their poles really quickly and then they're power hiking up that hill so they're taking um probably a bit longer strides than you would if you didn't have any poles but um they are power hiking so they're going a really like a quite a good speed actually up the hill you don't have to of course but um that's why they call that power hiking um and that's just a sexy name for walking um <laughs> and even especially the, pro, the pros will all do that and they'll do that when they get to a long steep incline or actually depending on the race probably any steep any incline the shorter the race the more you run the longer the race the more you walk every uphill um because you just want to conserve that energy you don't want to waste it all um in the first 10 miles of a really long race um but yeah as a beginner um trail running is the best sport like as soon as you get a bit out of breath (laughs) you just start walking um nice brisk walk like you can lean a bit forward and have your hands on your knees and things like that um but yeah, that's when you start walking is when you get too out of breath, which should come as a breath of fresh air to everybody listening. Nice. Uh, it's very helpful tip. Um, yeah, it's important to understand that walking may be the most efficient way of moving uh, in the mountains sometimes. For example, uh, running up a hill requires a lot of strength and a lot of energy that you can save if you walk, for example. So that's why the, even you know, elite runners actually walk or power walk during, during races and sometimes even during short races because it's, uh, it's more efficient. So it's definitely okay to walk, uh, especially if you're a beginner. And uh, one of the most important thing that I feel it's important to mention is that walking up a hill allows you to keep your effort constant, like uh, uh, the same effort that you're doing when you're running, for example, on the flat you can keep it when you go up a hill, but of course, if you run, it's going to be out of control. But if you walk, you can keep still a good speed uh, with the same uh, type of effort that you're doing when you are on the flat. Yeah, totally. That is a good explanation. Mm -hmm. Um, Nice. So, um, Going back a little bit uh, and talking about your experience. Um, so we mentioned that you were actually running through pregnancy. How was your experience with training uh, at that time? Oh, yes. Um, that is a good question. So um, I was able to keep running quite a long time through my mm-hmm. pregnancy. which I was really looking back. I was, I'm really pleased about because I've actually run less um, after preg- after giving birth than I have when I was pregnant. So I'm quite proud of that. Um, it, it's hard running when you're pregnant because, well, for me, it was hard because the baby just presses on everything. So you can't breathe as well and you can't and you need the loo like 
towards the end I like needed the loot every mile or you know or whatever came first every 10 minutes um so um so it's, it's quite hard especially if you live in a city you can't just keep popping behind a bush I did actually pop behind a bush like near someone's house once and like my whole running club was there waiting for me <laughs> and I was like I'm just gonna go behind this bush um and I would plan the running because I'm a running leader with my club I would plan the routes around pubs this was pre-covid or was it the middle of covid there was at some point there <laughs> we were allowed to pop into pubs um and I would plan for the stops to be at pubs so that I could pop in for the loo so you might have to sort of reconfigure some of your runs when you're pregnant because of that um one of my friends actually ran fine throughout her pregnancy she was still doing eight minute miles she's like a, a bit of a pro she's like probably capable of a sub three hour marathon that kind of runner so um she was fine she ran all the way through pregnancy was still doing eight minute miles and then two weeks after she gave birth she was back running again and she oh. runs at like six o'clock every morning just like before the baby wakes up it's, she's amazing but then a lot of my other friends just gave up in the second trimester because it just became too painful too uncomfortable you can get these kind of like sling things that go round like a, a support band I didn't find that they helped at all in fact sometimes they made it worse it, they were quite warm though and it was winter so that was nice um and yeah some people gave up so it totally depends on you and your pregnancy and how it's going and it's really hard not to compare yourself to anyone else yeah um, like I'm quite um I'm quite a sort of a confident outgoing person but even me I was like oh they're doing that why can't I do that oh and I would get like not jealous but just envious of what other people were capable of like one of my friends um on Instagram she was posting like images of her with a big bump like on the top of a mountain in the Lake District and I was like oh I couldn't do that I can I towards the end I could only walk for like three miles without things hurting I did a couple of five mile walks or and five mile runs and just it was really painful down there I thought that I was going to labor at one point and I thought oh my god if this is labor pains it's going to be horrendous um actually labor was a lot worse than that um (laughs) but yeah that was it was really hard to keep going but if if you can um do run through pregnancy because once you give birth you might not have a lot of chance to run um depending on how much your baby sleeps and how your body is um but walking I found that I went for a walk pretty much every day I would do five three to five miles every single day and that's you know anything from half an hour to an hour of walking so I would just keep active throughout the pregnancy I think it really really helps both body and mind (laughs) nice and also after giving birth, how did you restart training? Like uh, how long after you gave birth? And uh, can you give us even some numbers, for example, of uh, what you were doing uh, when you restarted? Yeah, sure. So um, so my friend, when she went back after two weeks and she started running again. Um, so after two weeks after giving birth, I decided to do a little jog um, with the pram and completely weed myself. So that was not good. And that just showed me how my pelvic floor just wasn't ready for running yet. So I was doing a lot of walking because it's the thumping action that um, puts the pressure on the pelvic floor. So that's, that's why that what it's not good to, to, 
you think oh maybe it will strengthen it up to just keep doing it but it doesn't really work like that in the end I ended up going for one of those like a, a mummy MOT thing um, where I got investigated and I had some kind of mild prolapse so I had to do some exercises to strengthen it up down there and it kind of sorted it out itself in the end but I did a lot of walking to start off with so again I was doing my three to five miles most days especially with like the baby napping there's a lot you can do with a pram just walking walking and walking around I did like probably more walking than ever in my life um and then when the baby gets to about six months old you can get a running buggy um so you can you can run while they nap or you know either side of a nap that kind of thing um so I was doing a lot of walking every day just to keep sane and fit. And then I would keep trying every so often, every few weeks or so, I'd break into a bit of a jog and then I'd be like, oh, no, not ready yet. And then uh, three months, everyone says, oh, yeah, don't run for three months because then after three months, you're magically fine. I wasn't. And I was like, oh, that's really rubbish because I could see people, you know, hiking up mountains with their babies doing their first race again or you know like amazing people like Sophie Power who did the UTMB three months after giving birth to her third child that's a hundred mile race through the mountains in Chamonix like I have no idea how she did that like pelvic floor alone how on earth did she train for that have time to train for that with three kids and the energy with the sleep deprivation I have no idea she's an amazing woman um so there was no way I was doing anything like that. Um, but I got to month four and after my uh, mummy MOT and everything, I just m- miraculously, something must have like healed up in my body or something. But I suddenly was just able to run around the garden 10 times without weeing myself. And I was so happy that day. I did a vlog post about it and I'm going to edit them all together and make a film about it um, <laughs> soon. Cool. Actually, you just reminded me, I must write that down. Um, and so... So I ran around the garden 10 times. I was like, don't get too excited, Claire. So the following day, I ran around the garden 20 times. My garden's not that big. So it wasn't that far, but it was like, you know, like five or 10 minutes of running. So I literally built up from five minutes to 10 minutes to around the block for 15 minutes to then 20 minutes to then whilst I was out walking, I would jog a proportion of it and then not. And I found every time I jogged downhill, that was when the pelvic floor wasn't strong enough again. So I would walk walk the downhills and run the uphills conversely <laughs> so just to get fit and um jasmine paris um she told she um she's an amazing ultra runner who uh has the spine race record 268 miles along the pennine way she um told me to do some like uphills um both in pregnancy and afterwards actually because the uphills they're slower but they you put more effort in and it's not so much impact um on the joints and the pelvic floor so you could do a bit of up uphill running as well so I just graduated really slowly um, until I could run for half an hour and then um, and then yeah I seemed to get stronger and stronger so I would just try to go out three times a week if possible um, illness illness permitting tiredness permitting it was a bit off and on bit hit and miss Mm -hmm. but I did keep walking pretty much every day three to five miles sometimes six miles but yeah I would do five to ten k walking every single day um that kind of keeps your roar in um and then uh now that he's a year old I just feel like I'm getting my life back he sleeps through the night thank god he sleeps for 10 hours most nights <laughs> every night pretty much touch wood oh he's gonna wake up tonight isn't he now and so I can now go to running club 
um quite reliably and I can yeah I can train now but I just keep getting ill so that's the thing now um mm-hmm. getting ill and you know if I stay up too late myself and he wakes up at six then I get a bit <laughs> tired as well so there's that as well um and sometimes you know he's a year old and I'm you know coming back to work now so I've got an like other things to juggle so it's hard to get out but I really should do more of those five minute strength and conditioning exercises that you guys have online because <laughs> I really it's just motivating yourself isn't it to actually do it I need to read my book more yeah you feel like you can actually complete something <laughs> so challenge after challenge you're on your way to complete uh, recovery and uh, hopefully you will yeah. be able to enjoy training more yeah, and more I'm getting there but yeah. I'd probably say maybe book a couple of races towards the end of okay. the year I booked a race I did the Rutland Water night run that was a 10k and I actually really surprised myself because I hadn't trained specifically for it or anything and I felt really strong and I really enjoyed it and I was really happy running around that um but now booking a race is a bit hit and miss because he started nursery I'm just a bit like oh will I have a cold on that day mm-hmm. but I think I might do a, a race in March I might train for a 10k in Bourne Woods so I might do that in March so yeah cool. have some goals I would say cool Thank you for giving us some context. And uh, I feel it's uh, super important to understand that it's okay to start even from five minutes of running or even less, uh, 15 minutes of walking uh, to run every other day and to alternate running and walking when you are restarting. Do you feel the same can apply, for example, for someone who is a uh, you know, is recovering from a big injury or who has taken some time away from running even can be, you know, a few months up to maybe years. Um, like those people who are restarting running, how should they manage their training? Oh, restarting running. Well, it, it depends what the injury is. Um, mm-hmm. but I would always get a good diagnosis from a proper physio, not just physio Google or Facebook, yeah. because you know, <laughs> other people don't necessarily know what they're talking about. So I would follow, follow the physio guidelines. I know you get a list of exercises from them that no one ever does, but if you can try and do them, then that is most beneficial. Um, And then, uh, yeah, just don't be, don't be scared to take it slow. I think everybody wants, including me, I just want to get back into it. I want to run 10 miles. I want to sign up for a marathon on the trails. Um, just take it slowly and yeah, give yourself time. It's super yeah, important. Yeah, give yourself time and do a lot of walking. Walking yeah. is probably, walking's better than running, to be honest, for like lack of injury. You still get to the same beautiful places. It's just kind of slower. So I would say, um, go walking in your trail running gear um or your running gear just go walking and then if you feel like running run like and then if you don't then just do the walk and that's a great way to keep yourself motivated and keep going out um and if you say to yourself I'm just going for a walk then doing the run is a bonus um so yeah I would just do a lot of walking especially if you're injured just take it really slowly even one minute of running you know it's Yeah. And, you know, and be grateful as well, because, I mean, there's a lot of people who can't even walk, you know, mm-hmm. people who have trodden on landmines. I met this amazing guy at the National Running Show recently who had uh, both his legs amputated just below the knee. And he was doing he's done the marathon de Sabre. So I just think, okay, yes, I had a baby or okay, you might be injured. But, you know, you've got all four limbs and presumably like your sight, your hearing, like 
there's so many things that you do have so focus on the good things as well and um yeah try to to I know it's hard but you know be grateful for being able to just get outside and walk yeah so to to close our conversation uh do we want to mention how warm and usually welcoming the trail running community is because like I feel a big reason to start trail running is for its amazing community like I really met some amazing people uh through trail running and also it gives you the possibility to travel to beautiful places uh to know people from very different background backgrounds from all over the world um you know it, it doesn't have to be at races because not every trail runner has to compete uh competing is not for everyone But I feel like trail running is a great way to to discover places, people, experiences, and it's just a, a great community. What's what's your what's your experience been with this? Yeah, exactly the same. I think trail running and, and ultra running as well, the, the big brother sister of trail running is just one of the most friendly communities you can join. I mean, there's people of all different shapes, sizes, ages, colors um backgrounds ability levels and everybody uh just get seems to get along well i mean it's one yeah of the there is a there is room for everyone i feel like uh, uh yeah. people are welcoming and they're usually friendly uh there is yeah basically you don't have to be an elite athlete to compete or to enjoy the trails uh it can be for any level for anyone who is just willing to put himself or herself out there and uh, just enjoy the, the experience. Yeah, and it's one of the only sports where you can tow the start line with the elite athletes. Yeah, like, that's, that's really that cool. in road running or cycling or swimming, mm -hmm. like you're there, you know, you can be milling around with the elites. It's, it's incredible for that. And yeah, everybody's very helpful. And, you know, if somebody stops on the trail, somebody will help them or there's a real camaraderie. Um, yeah. yeah. It's also, And, um, I feel like it's lovely. also like uh, totally okay to reach out for help because, you know, sometimes we struggle, sometimes we lose motivation. Uh, it's, I found that it's way easier to get outside and train with someone, for example. So it's mm -hmm. totally okay to reach out for help, to reach out to people, to ask for tips, advice, and just information. And uh, everyone is usually very open, very welcoming. Uh, so Like the community is great. I encourage everyone to to experience it. And even here uh, with Vert, we're we're really building a really cool community. Uh, we have, for example, um, a community on the app where people are sharing their experiences, their races, their training, uh, even their you know questions, fears, expectations, like everything that uh, we live through our journey uh, in running. Yeah, it is incredible. I would mm -hmm. encourage everybody to take up trail running. If you've got legs, then do it. Yeah. <laughs> Or even if you haven't. <laughs> Thank you. Um, last thing that I want to mention, uh, you actually wrote a really cool training plan for Vert, who has over 500 signups. Uh, it's a 10K plan for people who want to start their, you know, with trail running and uh, maybe do their first 10K trail race. 
So can you talk a little bit about the idea behind it and uh, how it's structured and uh, who is it for? Well, the training plan is actually uh, stolen from my book. <laughs> so it's a little sneak preview of uh, the Ultimate Trail Running Handbook. Um, and so it's it's designed for people who might have done the Couch to 5K program okay. um, that you can find like on the NHS um, uh, app. And so it's taking those people and like, so you can run 5K now. So now maybe you want to run a little bit further and maybe you want to run off-road. So it's designed for those people. Um, so it takes you very gently from uh, road running to trail running. Um, I think there's about three runs a week and there's a strength session and there's some yoga and stretching in that as well. And there's also little tips like every week there's, oh, watch this video on Wild Ginger Running or, oh, have a look at this. This is um, useful about some gear that you might want to think about right now or this is a nutrition tip right now. So it's it's, it's got all the videos as well that come as a package with it. Um, and there's also uh, warm ups that you can do as well and cool downs. So it, it really is an all encompassing little training program that's fantastic for anybody who wants to just start trail running. So I'm so excited that there's 500 signups. That's great. Yeah, it's going really well. Uh, and we're super excited about it. Actually, this week, we are also, also launching uh, another training plan for people who are getting started with running uh, that is called the Couch to Trail training plan. And it's literally uh, for people who are truly starting from zero. So people who are totally new to trail running. And it's all about, as I mentioned, uh, building, the, building the consistency and the idea of training is actually mainly walking based. So for people who have literally zero experience with running, but it's good to, you know, to build a habit, to keep the motivation of, uh, of training and to start building something for maybe what is next that can be a 5k plan, a 10k plan, or even, you know, become an ultra runner. Uh, that is, uh, maybe the goal of someone who has already some experience in running. Thank you very much for your time, Claire. And um, I really hope you can uh, uh, restart training uh, more and more soon and uh, that you feel better and better uh, after, you know, after uh, pretty much one year of on and off and uh, with uh, challenges and uh, some uh, colds and uh, other difficulties. Um, but I, I really hope um, you get better. And uh, yeah, I feel like uh, it was a, a very nice conversation because, for example, as an elite runner, I always tend to see trail running as a place for experienced athletes. And we're always caught up about talking uh, about workouts and uh, long races and miles and times and records and stuff. But it's important to realize that uh, there are a lot of people who are want to get started in trail running and uh, there might be not a whole lot of information that is easy to access and uh, is available to everyone. So I hope this contributes to, you know, to inspire someone and to get even 
one person out of, of on the trails, which yeah. is uh, one of our goals with uh, with Vert, and I think also yeah. of wild ginger running. Yeah, well, it's great that Vert runs doing this, and also, yeah, there's loads of information about trail running on my channel. So I get a lot of beginner trail runners and beginner ultra runners coming to Wild Ginger Running YouTube channels. So. Yeah, we totally encourage yeah. people to to check it out. There is a yeah, I, I was also taking a look at it before this uh, this podcast. Uh, so much good content, so much uh, nice videos and uh, inspiration. So check yeah, it out. And it, there's a lot there, but if mm-hmm. you have a query, just Google your query. So type it into Google um, and then put wild ginger after it. And that will bring up anything that I've done on the topic. So that's probably the best way for people to search if they're okay, searching cool. for a certain thing. Um, yeah. Oh, and to the, buy the book as well. This is like introduction to trail running. Um, so that's really helpful too. Um, nice. Oh, and I run training camps as well in the UK. So oh, yeah. it's all on my website. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we mentioned it in the introduction, but thank you for bringing it up again. All right. Thank awesome. you for uh, thank joining you us much. today. That's great. And keep enjoying the trails. Or if you're new to the sport, get out because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Happy trails, everybody. Happy trails. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.